0: all right welcome to another edition of it's raining mets brought to you by the cbs 21 weather team my name is tom russell weather guy over at cbs 21 there's ed russo good afternoon and when we're recording this yeah
1: afternoon, good afternoon tom, tom. how are you doing
0: good i you know I, I should probably just start with a better greeting happy new year so this is our first podcast of the brand new year yeah
1: happy new year we haven't done a I haven't done a podcast with you since last (laughs) year. It's been so long.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's been crazy. And I think, uh, you know, the the year has gotten off to this really quiet, quiet start. But I think we should start with what happened in 2020. So uh, stats coming out of 2020 put Harrisburg, in other words, registered or measured at HIA, as the the, uh, warmest year on record. Now, let's put that into a little perspective. 567 is the uh, average temperature and that beat 1998 which was 56.6 so we're only talking about a 10th but still an impressive feat don't you think
1: right and you know i i don't believe 2020 had a ridiculous amount of record highs it was just we never cooled down overnight so when you factor in the average temperature uh we factor in overnight lows too and and overnight lows for a lot of people are kind of like well whatever i'm inside sleeping right but they are huge in determining what your you know, monthly or yearly or daily average temperature is. And it was those overnight lows during the summer that just didn't settle below 70 so many nights. And that's, I think, I, a big driver there.
0: I think it was 50. And don't quote me on that. But yeah, we had the most days on record with lows above 70. Wow. Uh, we had the least days on record at or below freezing. So even back last winter, we obviously didn't have a lot of those cold days. And then for the summer, as you alluded to, 35 days at or above 90, which is pretty impressive. Right. But really, it was about those uh, overnight lows not cooling off at night. And that's really been, if you look at weather records across the country, that's been the big trend when you start talking about you know is the earth warming is the is the globe warming and it really doesn't have to do with those scorching highs as much as it does with not cooling off at night
1: right that's a that's a big factor I think you know a lot of attention is given to to rec- to solely record highs, but again that's just part of the story you know it's a it's a very small weather event, a record high it's you know a single moment, very small moment in time when you're talking about climate it's over such a extensive period so you really got to look at that average temperature which is obviously affected by what your overnight lows are too
0: well and there's one day that jumps out at me and correct me if i'm going to say it's christmas but i I can't remember for sure um we had reached the 60 uh no it wasn't christmas was it we had reached 60 at like midnight but by the day what was the day that we dropped really uh and got really cold we had like uh, you know that 20 degree drop um, but anyway, in the records, it looks like that day's high was 60 degrees or 65, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but really, the day in itself was freezing cold. Um, and that's where little things about whether you measure high temperatures midnight to midnight or 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. Right. matter as far as the record books go. But I thought, I'm trying to think what day that was. We,
1: I know we there dropped. was a day in January where we were sitting at 71 at midnight.
0: Oh, maybe and it was New so, Year's.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was, uh, I remember we had that same night, we had a severe thunderstorm warning, <laughs> and half the storm was a shower, and the other half was a snow shower. Wow. And there was a 67-mile-an-hour wind gust at HIA.
0: Jeez. So you're talking about January of last year.
1: January of last year, yeah.
0: I've only been in here a week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This was,
1: yeah, so we started off 2020 with a bang, um...
0: Okay, well, 2020 has really been quiet, though, don't you think? We're yeah, right? overall, overall. on New Year's Day, yeah. Yeah, well,
1: um, I mean, I was kind of not, I was kind of like, not just talking weather, kind of figuratively, <laughs> the whole year. <laughs> um, yeah. You're yeah. right about that, you're yeah. right
0: about that. But yeah, it's been really quiet, uh, which is kind of unusual, because you usually have some some pretty big ups and downs here as you get into the heart of winter. And, and that's really where we are, and Ed, I always like to point this out, there's those last three weeks of January is the coldest climatologically uh, for the year so from about now through the uh, the end of the month is when we see those coldest temperatures oh we should mention this we should mention this so when we talk about averages it's a 30-year average mm-hmm. but it rolls meaning that uh, prior to this year it was what 1980 to 2010 yep now because we've crossed that threshold into 2020, it's 1990 now to 2020 are where we get our averages, correct. Right? right.
1: And when you hear you know average, you know, average amount of rain per year, average number of tornadoes per year. a lot of these averages that you hear, um, it, it's not defined every time where that average comes from. but it's usually in statistics, when you have a sample size of 30, you can usually get an idea of a pattern or something or a number that's that's representative when you take the average of a certain sample size of 30 and and right. in this case when you know with weather we use something called a 30 year average and now that we're in 20 the a new decade we can now use um t- 1990 to 2020 as our average which as you said rolls
0: Which should mean that because we've been warmer over the last two decades or so, that those averages should inch up. So I'm going to have to study those numbers a little more, but it seems to me those average highs and lows may be changing by a degree or two, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Number of tornadoes uh, would change as well, you know, stuff stuff like that. Any average where you're dealing with some weather phenomenon, um, you know, a lot of that data is taken from a 30-year average. That's where we get the average number, so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah. we got a big change. So 1990 to 2020 now will be our new 30-year rolling average. And we'll have to live with that for a decade.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And-
0: um, all right. So back to where we are right now. We're very quiet. Uh, and And I think that's a little unusual for a good seven to 10 days to be this quiet in January. But we also think we're about to get Winter Blast.
1: And keep in mind yeah, so mid-month we're expecting a pattern change and keep in mind that this winter has already been twice as snowy as last (laughs) but that's not saying much
0: yeah that's not saying much at all so yeah we had the the decent snow storm was that, december 16th yes Uh, so that's been a decent snow but since then and and even that storm had that mix in it so if you recall what you and i were talking about as far as our winter prediction is we were going to kind of be on that line and have to suffer with those mixed storms and and snow lovers get pretty frustrated at that stuff
1: oh yeah yeah, but I think, I think you know, for snow lovers, for ski resorts, you know, it just boggles my mind, you know, all the ski resorts that have to deal with a string of 50-degree days and rain. I mean, it's just – it just, you know, that makes the snow yeah. terrible and
0: – Well, and they can't make it. You they know? can't they, make they, it. They'd be fine if they had the cold. Now, the good news for them, I think we're going into – Uh, a little dip in the, uh, or you said a weakening of the uh, polar vortex. Yes. Um, It's a (laughs) buzz term. (laughs) It's going to allow that cold air to come back and settle in for a little bit. So any storm that comes by now has a better potential for for being snowy just because we'll have that cold air in place. So as we're recording this, I'm thinking around, um, what's Tuesday? The 20th. Well, the 13th the middle of the month basically is when we start to see that change
1: yeah i'm thinking like after january 15th it looks like somewhere around there we start to flip the script
0: yep and then so once that cold air is in place then uh, anything that comes along is dealing with an already cold atmosphere. So it really comes back to that pattern. And still we don't see that pattern, that pattern for big snow. In other words, the ones that come out of the, either the Gulf or climb up the coast right. there. Uh, but we do see a lot of those, um, you Clip. know, more of the clipper systems. Yeah. Coming from the west, you, so.
1: you know, it's, it's, you know, in this part of the country, um, when you have a prolonged period of cold or really intense cold, it's really hard to get a lot of moisture to produce a big snow. So usually we see our big snow events at the forefront of that pattern change or at the, or at the back end of it when the, when the cold pattern starts to end. But typically when we're in a consistent cold pattern, it's oftentimes a lot of the days are dry. Um, but yeah, outside of the clipper systems, um, I mean, or, or really our most active weather within a long stretch of, of cold uh, typically, are the Clipper systems, as you mentioned?
0: Okay, so we go back a year ago. We didn't have the cold. We had a lot of, um, you know, very mild days, and we had a, a few messy storms. We didn't have the snow. So, is this going to be frustrating the other way? You think, Ed, where we have a lot of cold, but now we don't have the moisture?
1: I mean, I think it could be because you know, colder air is is drier by definition. So. Sure. But, you know, when you get those clipper systems, you can get that lighter, fluffier snow where you have, you know, it doesn't take a lot of moisture to get three inches because the snow is drier and it's fluffier. Okay, it so, builds up a little quicker. yeah, you know, you can get a, a clipper system that can drop three to six inches of snow. I mean, it's not qu- common. Right. Normally we get, you know, one to three inches out of those. The mountains and the lake effect. Now that's...
0: That's a whole different story. Yeah, story.
1: the wet, w- western part of Pennsylvania is a totally different climate. I mean, they'll, they'll get that you know, Lake Erie enhancement, and they just never seem to make it across the mountains. (laughs) I know it's frustrating for snow lovers, but, um, but yeah, here, uh, usually it's, you know, again, more often than not, it's, you know, big snows don't happen here because of our climate.
0: So, if you go back a couple of weeks, we had that a big push of cold air it went all the way down to uh, Florida because I have a couple of meteorologist friends in Florida, and they were talking about the coldest Florida temps since I think the mid '90s. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking at some of the, <laughs> excuse me, the future uh, forecast here. Uh, let's see, this is around the 22nd. And this has the 540 line, which we talk about as as basically being that 32-degree line, all the way down past Jacksonville, Florida, so almost to Orlando yeah. with the 540 line. So this could be that kind of winter where they get two or three shots where, you know, I lived in Orlando, and uh, there were a couple times it, it touched into the 30s, and that's a big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you're talking high-temperature?
0: Well, no, overnight low. Oh, okay. I think the 30s would be pretty impressive. I think
1: the coldest I ever, the coldest high temperature, I was living in West Palm Beach for a little uh-huh. while back, and uh, the high temperature was 47.
0: That's that's really that, that.
1: I mean, that's phenomenal because, you know, Miami's not too far, much further south, and I I don't think they've ever had a high below 55. I might be wrong about that, but
0: th- yeah, I think you're right about that. And a lot of people forget the uh, the Challenger disaster back in January of, oh, of eighty six. Eighty six, yeah. Because uh, the temperatures got down into the twenties, and those uh, the O rings, of course, failed, uh, and they think that was temperature related. Um, so yeah, it's a big deal when Florida gets down into into those kind of temperatures. But my point is, we've got another at least one good push of cold air and probably more as we work our way through january and february
1: yeah so i'm thinking mid-january to early february i mean that might be the meat of our winter right um so it will be interesting to to watch it unfold it definitely looks looks breezy too i mean typically when you get those clippers that come through they can um, so make it kind of breezy as well
0: so the other thing that happens and I think this really is frustrating for people who like snow in Pennsylvania is under this this pattern and we saw that we're going to see this system going by is you get snow in the Carolinas and nothing Maryland and Pennsylvania and right. all that. And, yeah. and folks here where we live like oh, I want to go skiing, I want to do this and it's like wait a minute all the snow is you know south of uh, of Virginia.
1: It's yeah, country. you know and that's because when it's super cold here the The, so in meteorology, we talk about something called a temperature gradient, where you see this really high contrast in temperature over a short distance. Uh And that temperature gradient is where storms like to track. And when we're super below average, when we're in a cold spell, the storm track sets up further South. And that's why we typically see the, the snow events, you know, further South in Virginia, even the Carolinas. I mean, the mountains of North Carolina always do well, but yeah, I mean, like, the Piedmont area. Yeah,
0: exactly. When you get a, the snow over toward the coast and, right. and other spots. So I, I think that pattern will will play out here over the next month or so where you have those clipper systems. Some of those will dive south of us. Some of us will touch us. Um, but I do see a, a pretty good push of cold air, like you said, the, the meat uh, of winter. So what's your feeling on lingering then as we get to the back end of winter, second half of February, March? Uh, Because this is a question I get asked a lot. Is this going to be one of those long winters where it drags on? And uh, my gut feeling is that it is. How are you feeling about that? Yeah,
1: I feel kind of the same way. And that you know, I think even in our winter forecast, we were hinting that we might have an issue like that as we get into March, possibly even into April. Now, you could still be below average in April and March. And it doesn't mean you're getting snow. It just means, you know, cold rain. It just takes forever to warm up.
0: Which I hate because that just feels like the the delay of spring, you know, spring if it hits uh, astronomically <laughs> and then it really doesn't kick in until, you know, April.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, all right. So we're feeling we've got a, a, a good push of cold here over the next month or so. And then we may have a lingering kind of chill as we go through the, the last half of, of winter. That's what you're thinking?
1: Yeah. And typically, you know, the, you know, climatologically speaking, our snowiest part of our winter is usually mid-february which is not actually when we're at our coldest we're at our coldest right now average wise as you were saying but yeah president's day just i mean yeah that, that
0: could be a, yeah that always
1: climatologically there. always favors um kind of a snowy time so uh, so many events around that time frame that have uh, been quite interesting around here
0: Okay, so uh let's get a little personal. What do you do to enjoy the winter? Are you uh skier? Do you uh run in the winter? What do you do? Well,
1: I, I uh well I surf. In so. the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. That's you know crazy on a good day. You know, when I, I lived in Erie, I would surf in the winter as long as that lake wasn't frozen. Um and then I would also snowboard. Um
0: you do, so have you been out yet this year? I
1: have not been out yet this year. I haven't um,
0: either. I'm anxious to get out. So you're a skier? Yes. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm learning I'm learning something about you. The <laughs> you ski. Well maybe we should go sometime. I know, you know, I saw uh I was passing by Round Top um, okay. a few days ago and it looks like Gun Barrel is snow covered. I don't think it was covered at all last year. I mean they had Minuteman, which is the big classic yeah. Yeah, hill. that's the double diamond. yeah uh but gun barrel ram ride those hills uh at last year with our snowless winter they just couldn't keep them keep them covered so they concentrated on the bunny hills and the. Uh, yeah
0: yeah i remember being out there those uh that run was closed so you're right about that yeah
1: so so you so you often go to R- round top liberty or
0: yeah round top the most last year we uh my daughter and I went up to jack frost and big Oh, Bullard. yeah Um those are nice runs. Which one?
1: Up in Blakesley.
0: Blakesley, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking uh, this week. Uh, there's two up in northeast PA. There's Montage, which is uh, basically between Wilkesbury and and Scranton, and then uh, the one that's further is Camelback.
1: Yeah, been there once.
0: That's a nice mountain, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know, big. I think of all the uh, places in the Poconos, I, I remember Big Boulder. We were gonna also do Jack Frost the second half of the day, but it started snowing, so we had to leave. Kind of a weird situation when you have to leave because it's snowing when you're on a ski trip. But,
0: <laughs> well, know. travel travel is important, but yep. those two mountains that you know they sell them as one package, the Jack Frost Big Boulder. But you know you have to hop in your car and drive you know about 15 minutes to get to the other one. Yeah, right,
1: right. I remember that. I remember that. But but beautiful, beautiful area up there. And, you know, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think Seven Springs has the biggest, um, I think, vertical drop of any resort in Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you might be right about that. And Ski
1: Roundtop, I know it's not in the Poconos or or the Laurel Highlands, but I think it's it's one of the highest of the smaller mountains. So when you compare Blue Mountain Liberty, uh, what, what's the other one? Whitetail, which I think White is in yep. Maryland. Uh, Ski Roundtop of those resorts, I think, has the biggest vertical not like i'm not talking steepness but like just right. the biggest drop in right. from the summit to the to the base of the hill so well you're
0: getting me excited so let's hope uh, our listeners here are excited about what's left of winter and uh you know we still have a long way to go but uh, yeah. uh it hasn't been too bad so far It'd i think be-
1: It'd be nice to start incorporating a, a ski forecast consistently.
0: <laughs> yeah, where well, we can count on it. And yeah. Say, hey, we have a six foot base. <laughs> yeah,
1: <A> loose <little> granular.
0: <laughs> we haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah, well,
1: years. Tom, we'll have to go. We'll, we'll definitely right. have to arrange a trip here.
0: That's a point. So, you know,
1: skiers and snowboarders are typically don't get along. At least in, in pop culture, that's what they tell you.
0: <laughs> but we can give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I just know that you'll, send, you'll spend more time on your butt than I will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. You know, the one thing that's ter- that I've never, you know, I, it's not that I haven't wanted to try skiing, but I always just have this vision of I'm not flexible at all, you know? And I feel like what if I get into a position where I just end up doing a split because both my legs go in different directions? <laughs> that's what I think of, like, with a ski accident, and I'm like, Man, Maybe both I- my legs are together on a but snowboard, have- just like they are a surfboard.
0: That's the whole point, though. You have two legs as opposed to one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's got it to be more stable. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel more stable because they're both... Well, they're not fixed on a surfboard, but they are obviously yeah. on a snowboard with the well, yeah, bindings. You always
0: got to sit down to strap yourself in. Yeah, and- that
1: is annoying. Yeah, and the, that is honestly, annoying. the hardest part is kind of walking yourself off the lift, with a snowboard yeah because you're not obviously not strapped in necessarily because i let i usually take my one foot out as i'm going up the lift so
0: and then skiers just ski right off and you guys are trying to strap up and
1: yeah that that's honestly the most annoying part (laughs) about it and i've i've wiped out on the top of the lift before <laughs> right, i'll
0: bring my uh, i'll have my cell phone rolling when oh I'm yeah okay
1: we <laughs> well go. yeah my yeah it might get broken though <laughs> well <laughs> we I hope you enjoy
0: it. the uh, the rest of your winter and we'll keep guiding you through uh, again we think we have some interesting weather coming our way both cold and snow so Ed, it's always a pleasure yeah and, you too uh, tom we'll catch up again it is this week's edition of it's Rainy Mets.